Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry and you're more like John C. Dvorak. I think I am Adam Curry and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. (laughs) Hey, we do. We make it sound special. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we do. Everybody, welcome to the new media show. Hope you enjoyed that little fun intro. Of course, you're back with the Todd and Rob show. (laughs) How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Lee Laporte. Uh, <laughs> Lee Laporte. Sorry. Yeah. I know I said it right. So, thank uh, you so much for sending through. And I think we have a few more to play today, too. Yeah. Right. They could, they could end up being dangerous. Uh, yes. Some of these could, dangerous. some of these could be dangerous. So we'll, we'll, we'll play them as they become optional if we get through content that makes sense to, uh, to do so. But, right. Anyway, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. I said the last show, I love having my Saturdays back. (laughs) Well, hopefully our, our long-term listeners are happy to have their Saturdays back too. So yeah, you know, it's been, uh, it's been quite remarkable the amount of stuff I've been able to get done, but you know, I, I, uh, I didn't do my personal show on Monday. I was just so crushed. I was here in the office until like nine o'clock. Wow. And, uh, in the podcasting space, not busy, not busy at all. No, not at all. But lots of interesting, I I know you got a lot of stuff going on. We'll talk about that here in a second, of course, but I I'm having media buyer calls again. And, (sighs) ah, they just don't understand that $12 CPM is not going to get it. And, and, right. and, and they don't understand that remnant, there's no such thing as remnant inventory podcasting. Right. <laughs> you know, and, Oh, I, we only want to run two episodes a month and, Oh, Nope. We don't have a, we don't have a, we can't meet your minimum budget requirements, but you still want us to put a proposal together. I'll say it again. It's the media buyers that are spending small amounts of money and being very picky on format and placement. And they're, they're more trouble than they're worth. All right. That's too bad. It is too bad. So, you know, 12, 12 net is what she wanted. And I'm like, no, it does. It, it puts you in a position where you kind of have to say, no, we're, we're, we're absolutely, you have to put your foot down. Right. Um, because the more people that, uh, just accept things like that, uh, it, it devalues the medium. Right. And I understand you're under pressure by your advertiser, right? but I'm sorry. That's, that's not my problem. Right. And if I go to podcasters and say, Hey, I'm, we got a $12 CPM deal for you. Oh, and that's before the split. Right. 
the answer is going to be no. Well, and the other side of this too, I don't think we've mentioned is to some degree, I think subscriptions is going to compete with advertising to some degree for the attention of the podcaster. Well, um, they, I mean, they some start podcasters offering. are not even going to aspire for advertising models. I and, don't think. and then it was, and then they threw an additional crux out there mm-hmm. that if the podcast is smaller than 35,000 episodes per download, we're going to do revenue share. We're getting them 20% of revenue earned on sale. Oh, on the, the direct response stuff. Right. And I'm just like, when is anyone going to get the, the, the memo that most podcasters are not doing rev share or rev rev based or, you know, doing that type of a deal. It's basically a commission junction style ad deal and there's no risk to the advertiser whatsoever. Right. You know, and there's no guarantee of payment. I mean, that's, that's the core problem with affiliate campaigns and podcasting or um, direct response campaigns is that you're giving away all the, all, all the branding side and of what you're doing with that advertiser in hopes of getting a conversion that you get paid on of, you know, you know don't get me. If the CPM is yeah. high enough, it's worth it. It can be right. Yeah. But, but it can also be, if it's not, then you're giving away a lot of value yeah. to that, to that brand and you're not getting anything for it. And, you and know, I, I ran into this problem with my radio show too. And the, so, the media buyer wanted no DIA either. They wanted host red that would remain forever. On top of it. On top right. of it. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I'm like, you yeah. give me $30 CPM and we find shows that don't have long tail, then we'll run your ads and it'll stay in there forever for shows that don't have long tail. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I'm not going to do, no. You know, I, I, I said for at $12 CPM, I said, you're not going to, I'm not managing 50 promo codes either. We're doing one because administrative work on my side right. goes up. I mean, $12 CPMs, you're, that's getting into the programmatic. Yeah. Range, and you want to host right? red at 12, right? And you know, give, give me, give me ad, co- give me a 30 second ad spot that I can run wherever. You know, no, no placement requirements. And no effort on the host part. That's right. No effort on the host part. Just run the 30 second spot and be done with it. Yeah. You know, then we can maybe then, oh shoot, maybe then we can talk, you know, but. Right. Those are the kind of campaigns that, you know, should be run through a programmatic dynamic type of relationship uh, where they come and go too, not permanent. Right. Embedded. Right. Right. So I, I, I I, I was just a little frustrated with the, you know, I set the time, set the call and I get, I get off and I have a Slack channel called rant. I said, well, there was 30 minutes of my day. Yeah. I want to talk to media buyers, but don't come to me and deal with that. You know, I, at at the end I said, well, you should reach out to podcasters individually. Well, that's too much work. It's too much work. It is. It, it is. is a lot of work. Yeah. And you know, good luck getting them to agree to 12. Now, maybe some podcasters listen to this and be happy. I'll take 12 Todd. But if you think about the work, 
right. you as a podcaster have to do, and you're going to get look. That's not twelve. You take that's that's before the split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So it depends on what that split is, too. You right? know, it could be thirty or fifty percent, depending on what status you have with us. Wow. Most of the folks are at thirty. Yeah, you know, but uh there so, are some networks that are at 50 out there. Some are at 60, some are at 30, some are at 85. That's the, but, that's the range. And the media buyer was complaining to me that certain networks wouldn't work with them. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you might right. be adding me to the list as well. Right. Because <laughs> it's a tough economy right now. I'm like, doesn't change yeah. the value. And the and surprisingly, the person did get to understand the value of smaller shows, so didn't have a problem advertising on smaller shows, but wanted to do the twenty percent rev share or something. I was like, "Come on, mm-hmm. right?" Well, here's and well, here's the thing: they've been advertising pods. I have RFPs that I did for them over ten years ago. Actually, I went looking. Mm-hmm. And I said, I did RFPs for you guys more than 10 years ago. And you guys never, never executed on those RFPs. Probably was too expensive then. Yeah. yeah. So if you got, if you got an ad deal, come on, I'll talk to you, but don't come to me with 12. We can right. start at 20 or 25. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a better place. Right. And even prefer, that's slow. Even slow. Days. Even, you know, 30 or 35 is more like normal. Yeah. So right. it's been going up. Yeah. The last, last year and a half. Yeah. Two years. So anyway, you've been yeah. busy here. Well, just, just stuff going on, trying to keep up with, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff, you know, we got the Ambies coming up on the 16th of May. Getting ready uh, to go out to LA. Are you? Yep. I'm going to go out to LA. It's my first trip. Enjoy wearing a mask for like your eight hours of flight. It's right. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, I guess it's the law, right? Well, here's the key, Rob. It's not so bad that you're wearing a mask. Make sure you have three or four so you can change out. You can change them out. For both ways because you travel for a few hours and it starts getting a little, ugh. Yeah. You know, change one out. So. Yeah, and throw the t- it in the garbage. Yeah. Well, you may want to wash it. I have masks that you can wash. So I have. Oh course, you're, yeah. You're yeah. going. To- I mean, if you have fabric ones. Yeah. yeah. I've got those those black surgical ones that you just throw away. Yeah. So, but you're gonna, you know, you spend two or three hours at the airport, five hours in the airplane, couple hours making getting yeah. into the hotel, and yeah. I mean, if you want to get back out there and travel these days, you know, you got to. I think. Uh, you got to do those things. Yeah, it's, to it's, some it's, degree. it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you got to don't go with one cause you're going to be hating life. Right. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, some parts of the country I'm sure are, you know, once you get off the plane, it's like, you know, freedom, Yeah. you know, but. so you're going, you're going to the Ambies on, you said what date? Well, actually the Ambies are actually on, on, uh, May 16th. Um, the event starts at, uh, four 30 Pacific. Okay. Uh, as a live, um, kind of pre-event and then, uh, at 5 PM, 
Pacific is when the actual AMBI Awards start. We may have to shift the show the week of the 17th because I'm going to be leaving for Honolulu on the 19th, going out for my son's graduation, which is the 21st, and then flying back on the 26th. So there'll be a couple of days there we may have to shift a little bit and do the show a little different. But uh, Yeah, we can do we can do something yep. different. Right. So I'll be in it'd be yeah. So next week the twelfth will be normal and then the following two weeks we'll have to figure something else out. But yeah, I hope to have um on, on the twelfth uh, Mr. Dan Franks from Podcast Movement to join us. Cool. To talk about what's coming. Oh, oh, oh ho- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, you got it. Dan Franks. Talking about Mr. Danny Boy. Dan Franks. We're talking about Dan Franks. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, baby. So uh, Dan Dan will enjoy that uh, next (laughs) Wednesday. So we play that uh, just prior to we introduce him. (laughs) (laughs) So if he's he's on next week, then the 12th, that's great. I did get my notification today that I have my session has been approved. At podcast movement, so I do know I have a, a at least once. Well, I have. Oh, we're a, doing this show live on stage. Yeah, too. and then I'm I have a session I'm doing as well. So, and I may be doing a um, a podcast academy session too. Okay, so be going on there. So speaking, going back to the Ambies, then. So what exactly are you doing at the Ambies? Are you walking out on the stage? Are you being the host? Or what? You know what are? No, no, I'm not being the host. I'm I'm going to be presenting one of the governor awards um, that will be presented to uh, a podcast. Uh, I don't know that I can announce it yet because I'm, I'm not sure it's been publicly announced yet, but uh, uh, it's basically an, an a indie podcast mm. it's being done by a, by a group of uh, teenagers. Oh. So well. they've been doing a terrific job in the podcasting space, but I'll, I'll let the podcast academy uh, you might have thunder. Yeah, you may have gave it may have gave it which, away. That's probably a pretty narrow group. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> if you look at the at the 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 numbers, right uh, from the research, uh, that age group is getting pretty heavily involved in podcasting. So that's part of you know to some degree. That's why um, bringing some focus on this, making the Ambies a l- little bit more of a younger oriented type of an event. Um, and also, you know, take into account the full spectrum of this medium uh, from a diversity standpoint and from a age and demographic and gender standpoint is is really the big thing that uh, is going to really stand out from this this event. I mean, if you really think about podcasting and how diverse it is al- already, uh, we're just trying to reflect what's going on in the medium. Yeah. So, yep. So I'm excited about it. I I want to be there. There's not going to be very many people live at the at the stage at the live stage, there's only gonna be like 14 of us. Um, wow. Dan, Dan, Dan Franks and team is, uh, producing it. So it, it's a podcast movement productions. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, so, yeah. So go, that'd go be nice. Well, I, is it going to be live streamed or what's the yeah, story? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be live, you know, not unlike what you've seen with the uh, Academy or the Grammys or anything like that. They need so, to get the embed code out there so we can start putting it, getting it put on websites and promoting it and yeah. links to it. Well, be- that's, 
that's the, the next stage. You know, we just had a, had a board meeting just prior to this, this show. And so it, all the pieces are coming together, all the presenters and everybody. I think there's only going to be one show that's going to get an award that isn't going to be able to make it in some way or another. So, uh, I think that's pretty good success. Registration so. for my awards has been going good. For those of you that good. aren't aware, podcastawards.com. It'll start ramping up here soon, uh, probably in middle of the month, June, because we open, I think we open uh, nominations on July 1st. So things will start ramping up here pretty quickly. So what time frame are you looking at of giving out that that award. Well, that What's award, that actual ceremony uh, has happened on International Podcast Day. So the timeline. That would be in September. Right? Yeah. So I'll give you the exact timeline here. Uh, on July 1st le- the, is the listener nomination period for the whole month of July. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Slate announcement is on August 8th. And then Slate voting is on from August 9th to September 13th. And then the ceremony is on uh, International Podcast Day on September 30th. Okay. At 6 p.m. Pacific time. So I don't know what day of the month that fall, or I have to look at the map. Uh, September 30th this year is on a Thursday. So it's kind of weird, you know, with the calendar shift and everything. That's good. It won't get in the way of this show. (laughs) <laughs> no, it won't. So, uh, we'll, uh, but anyway, it's timeline is in, in progress, pretty much laid out. So yeah. in all our new categories this year, the jury's still out whether or not we'll get enough registrations to pay for all that. But, uh, I still have trophies stuck going to UK. I had, uh, one of four trophies that have not yet been delivered in the no, three of the four that were going to the UK, the U.S. mail system right now is totally jacked. Totally. Did they, like, bind it up in customs or something? Or? Uh, two of them are in Chicago and have been there for a month. And then it, one of them said it was in Chicago and then got delivered. I, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, and those are very, very expensive trophies. So, and $85 to ship them to the UK. So wow. Wow. it's not inexpensive. So we'll yeah. see what happens here. I, I may have to do something different next year for any international trophies. I don't know how we're do, the ship on FedEx internationally is insane. Well, Todd, hopefully in the next week or so, um, all these issues with Apple podcasts, uh, will get, uh, resolved, right? Well, they, they've, they've took it on the chin pretty bad on this go around. They've been getting, yeah. they've been getting yeah. face planted, uh, by a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't a good look for, for Apple over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, one outspurt, one outspoken person. How dare you? James Cridlin. (laughs) (laughs) Those are so handy. And he's been hammering them, you know, almost every newsletter. So. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the, the latest one is that the Apple 4.5 uh, podcast app um, has changed the way it displays episode notes. Well, it was thing. it was great for a little while. I was pretty happy. Yeah. Remember, we talked about it on the show. I know, I know. And then yeah. I went and looked at it when I saw the newsletter, Tim. Like, what changed? 
when, where did they where, where did they make there's, the update? There's no HTML links. No, anymore. it went away. Right. Yeah. Initially, there was. And that's because, remember, I was bragging on the show how it looked great. And I went back yeah. today, and I'm like, there's no links no more. There used to be links there. That was probably a, you know, a security risk for them. And what's weird is. Which is can, bad because a lot of people do, do good things with that stuff. Yeah. And I've got one malformed href in the last show notes and it, it, they all, it's, I don't get it. Yeah. So you can't link to PDFs or transcripts no. or anything anymore. No. So is that a bug that you guys introduced Apple or they wouldn't have got affected though. They, they wouldn't have got, it's not a security bug because it's not on apple.com. Well, it just goes from the, it just launches a, a browser, a browser window yeah, or another app or something like that. So I don't know. It just, yeah, they, it went backwards. It was when, when I first saw it, I'm like, they fixed it. It works. <laughs> I was very excited. And then boom. And then, and then boom, no one's going to put it. raw HTTPS code on their website, not for Apple. No way. Right. That's the way around it is to make raw, just put the raw HTTPS. I'm not doing that. Right. So come back to the website and, and get the links. That's the key. So not that you I and guess, I. Yeah. That, that's the key right there. It makes your, your, your website even more important. Right. That's what it does. So we haven't gotten so, a lot of, and of course they increased the number of shows. It could be in a feed to 2000 as well. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even say that out loud on the show. Why? Because everyone's, Oh, Everyone's going to be switching their feeds to 2000. Well, how many shows have 2000? <laughs> well, I've There's got a few. I've got 1500 and some. Yeah. 452 today on this show. Right. So, but still, I wouldn't have 452 episodes in my podcast feed anyway. Anyway. But well, some it just but, makes the feed so but, huge. But, but Rob, podcast they don't understand the animal they have released. Because you and I understand this, but every other podcaster, they're gonna want their whole yeah. library. Right. That's true. Yeah, someone's saying it, shh. In the, and it does help if you want to move podcast hosts to have all your episodes there. So, you know, well, we have never had that problem anyway, because we already had yeah. their list. We've had all their past episodes anyway, but that's true. Yeah. I mean, you can turn it on to, to have it display for a short period no, of time. Well, we, in our database, moving. we had all their episodes anyway. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, one advantage of having your own directory. Right. But I, I just, I, I, you know, it's, it's, this is, uh, I wish you guys would not have done that. Yeah. Really be honest with you because some, well, I mean a thousand episodes probably, but two thousands. Yeah. And they're not hitting the, and people are now really complaining that their episodes aren't updating as quickly. It's because they're no longer direct Because now no longer when you subscribe, when you follow someone, it's relying on the Apple library to update the listing. It's no longer updating from the actual original feed, which that's 
bad. And also well, we, a lot we, of, I mean, I ran into this problem too, when I was working on zoom, um, you know, when a person subscribes, it basically passed that URL, that feed URL over into the library. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it separated itself from the, the directory is what it did. Well, not now on Apple, Apple is right. tied to the directory. They, they, they brought it together, which I appreciate that. I, I think if it can be done with performance, the proper performance that's necessary, uh, of updating the episodes there, cause Apple is, has proven to be a little slow on updating the episodes in the directory. But if you subscribe to it and it's over in your library, mm-hmm. you pretty much get the updates instantaneously because it's in the RSS feed, but, but not, not anymore. anymore. Right. right. So that's another thing that distressed me that, oh, and. Has anybody figured out how to add an RSS feed to Apple Podcast 14.5 to manually add in, a show? I think I saw it in there. I think it's in the, the settings area. So it's in the settings. Wow. I, I, I believe that is the case. So Oh, yeah. So there is an add a show by URL under edit and library. Right. So I still can. Okay. So I stand corrected there. At least I mean, you can still do that. I mean, I think you would have to have that if you wanted to, if Apple was going to support any external premium yeah. feeds, right? Yeah. So that's the other thing. Yeah. So, so you can add a show by URL right there in yep. the edit area in your library. So, yeah. And I think that's an important feature to maintain in there. So Rob, we're going to have to ask for some reviews because the new media show oh, on our, yeah. on our show here, right? Yeah. We don't, right, right. we, we don't ever ask for reviews, but, um, we would definitely appreciate some reviews. Yeah. Um, no, it's always good to hear from, from listeners and what they think about the show, especially the, the last few episodes of the show. because our rating is down to 3.8 we have a a number of one star reviews so yep yeah some people don't like our opinion though and when we give our opinion they give us a one star because of our opinion so so I don't ever beg for reviews, but if you guys love the show, go over to new, you know, go over to the Apple podcast and give us a review. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think you, you can also just put stars in there too. I don't think you have to actually write something, but it's yeah. always great. To, and remember to have we have, that. we have two feeds. We have a video feed and the audio feed. So give us a five on each. <laughs> I actually had a, a request for a uh, interview and in their questionnaire that said, will you give this show a five-star review? And I thought, I haven't been even interviewed with you and you're asking me to give you a five-star review. That's pretty audacious. Yeah. Well, so I guess it's a, it's a value exchange, Todd. Right? Yeah. We're so yeah. Value better be good for value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you on the last show that the cats are no longer here? They're back at the loft. So you were tired of them uh, walking across your uh, keyboard and your uh, mixers? No, they did. Your settings? They did two hundred and twenty dollars worth of destruction to my soundproofing. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. They they found that that was the perfect cat scratch material. Oh, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the new panels arrived. I just, it's an eyesore. I, you know, I'm usually the only one here, but I'm looking at it and I can hardly contain myself. You know, I see it and I'm like, oh my God, look at that. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I did uh, notice that there, there is one more podcast hosting platform that is supporting subscriptions and it's one out of Spain, Ebox, which has been around a long time. So they're, I guess they've been supporting subscriptions for quite a while now. PowerPress integration with um, membership plugins have been supported for 10 years. Right. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of people are all spun up about subscriptions. It's certainly nothing new. Nothing new. It's, it's the only thing that's new is that it's being front faced on the big platforms. Right. So, yeah. you know, we've, matter of fact, a large number of, we probably get, two or three support requests a week telling us which plugin we should use to, to utilize because we rec there's five, I think five different membership plugins out there. They're primarily used and, and they want us to endorse one and we don't necessarily endorse one. One is, and we just tell people which one is used the most. Right. And, um, well, Todd, you know that the, uh, the last couple of days, uh, the IAB upfronts have been, going i've heard nothing come out of those have you well it's it's catering to a very specific audience right mm -hmm. it's catering to ad buyers primarily uh and a variety of different networks and and platforms are presenting um shows over there to get people interested in buying ads but i mean that that is kind of like the the go-to event for the industry is the IAB upfronts. Um, it's basic. If you're not familiar with it, it's just, it's kind of like what Hollywood does, uh, with TV shows, uh, around getting advertisers. They, they present shows, um, that are coming up in the new season that, uh, advertisers can get excited about. And it's a little bit of a, what they call a dog and pony show right. to some degree to get people excited about, uh, you know, new shows coming to the popular networks and that's going on. I, I, I believe it, um, it ends today or tomorrow, one of the two. So, yeah. And I know there's been some attempt to do some sort of upfront on a more indie scale as well. Yeah. I think um, the X fronts was the one most recently. And I don't know if that actually happened or not, or if it's being planned. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. it, it did. I actually um, watched some of it. Yeah. How was it? I thought it was done pretty well. I mean, there's always a lot of variability between each of the networks and how they present. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, what happens at, at a, um, a podcast awards event, right? There's yeah. various presenters or whatever that have, uh, you know, better or less than, um, presentations of what they're, what they're doing. Um, but I believe each time they, they hold one of these events, I, I think they're getting better. I think the, the networks are getting more refined in what they're doing and driving more value to the attendees. And, and I, I think it's interesting, you know, and I, I, I think that's the direction going forward is that I, I think as we come out of this COVID thing, hopefully we continue to come out of it. Um, 
that we're going to see more hybrid events. And, and, and I know when we have Dan Franks on next Wednesday, uh, I know podcast movement in Nashville is going to have a strong kind of bifurcation or whatever you want to call it split between it's going to have a strong virtual event as well as the in-person event going on simultaneously. So I think that's a trend looking to the future. So I do want to make a mention here and let's give an introduction first. See if I, if I'm pushing the right button. Tom Webster had a great point. Huh? Wait, what? That Mm -hmm. phrase makes me nervous. So the phrase doesn't make (laughs) me nervous. Dave Jackson. (laughs) The phrase doesn't make me nervous, but Tom put out a great article and Tom is definitely a longtime listener of this show. Matter of fact, he mentioned something about me a long time ago. He said was listened to the show, not necessarily this show. I think he was listening to the tech show first. But anyway, he wrote an article called The Provenance. This is when someone reuses the word provenance. You know it's going to be good, right? The Provenance of Podcasting. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. Provenance of Podcasting. And as I'm reading through this, I'm, yeah, I'm, yes, great, awesome, fantastic. I'm like, yeah, right on. Brother from another mother, absolutely fantastic. Wow. And then, and then I get to the point where it talks about the provenance and power of owning your RSS feed is also (laughs) something to think about when considering the importance of both Apple and Spotify introducing a subscription layer to their platform. Isn't that just something? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, well, well, you have a, there is something to be said here for, you know, a syndication strategy with your, um, subscription process too, right? The example he gives is you have a single RSS feed now, which powers almost every vending machine in existence to carry your brand of soda. Imagine starting your podcast podcast back in 2004, like Leo Laporte did, because he couldn't use my name there, and having a single RSS feed that stretches back nearly 1,800 episodes in 17 years, and Zeus knows how many subscribers. Now imagine putting that show behind a subscription wallet, Apple, or Spotify. You're literally starting from zero. No shows, no subscribers. You don't host the media. So he's really putting it to them. If you leave Apple or Spotify or they leave you for whatever reason, the provenance of that content is not yours. You don't take your Spotify followers with you. You don't take your Apple subscribers with you. You don't even use RSS to populate your Apple subscription content. It's done with their proprietary tool, Apple Podcast Connect, which has been really reliable. There will be multiple versions of your content and multiple chains of custody across platform. And who knows what else is going to emerge over the next several years. One assumes this will be Google answer to this for Android. So now I'm not one of those. You can pry RSS from my cold head hands. He didn't say dead hands. Formats change, but owning that single provenance chain has enormous value. And I'm merely suggesting that when or if you make decisions about making the leap, just not into subscription content, but into multiple balkanized walled gardens for that content, don't undervalue what you're giving up. Tom Webster had a great point. Huh? Wait, what? That phrase makes me nervous. So there we go. (laughs) Well, I don't think it makes you nervous, but uh, I think 
I, I agree with the premise of it. I, I think, I think owning your subscription off of, you know, your own platform or one that's more open, right. Based on RSS, yeah. I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't do that. Um, and Apple's, you're, you're doing it with Apple. Apple's not making you move your free show. Right. Matter of fact, I mean, they I still mean, require an RSS feed. Yeah, I mean, you can you can create something a private special show, a for premium, this, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have to take your your show, your full show that you're doing right now. You could do a bonus show, or you could do something special for yep. for everybody. You don't have to do it just for Apple. You can do it for Spotify. You can do it for Apple. You can do it um, off of uh, you know a a premium hosting platform like you know, you and I support out there that's available on, on overcast and pocket casts and all these platforms, right. you know, not just Apple or Spotify. And I think the, if I'd have been Tom writing this article, I would have said, you have the ability today to go mm-hmm. premium on your.com without using Apple or Spotify, right. but, right. but, but Rob, right. So many podcasters today don't, aren't building a brand on their own website. So that's, therein lies the problem. Again, it goes back to it. They're going to migrate where it's easy and easy is now going to be Apple and easy is going to at some point be Spotify. And although you're going to have additional publishing steps to put your premium content over there, it's, it's. Though Todd, I think serious podcasters are looking at getting their own websites. Well, I think, um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of tire kicker podcasts, right. Podcasters that probably won't and don't need to. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think, um, you know, the research is showing the importance of search in the discovery of podcasts. So I think all the evidence points to the power of your own website off of your own custom domain. Um, I guess what it gets back to is the, the SEO aspects of this is also very important. There are platforms, um, out there that can help you have a website, you know, like wordpress.com or, uh, you can get your own WordPress instance. Uh, there's Squarespace. There's other ones out there. I'm not necessarily recommending Squarespace or Wix or any of these because I don't know that they're really that great with SEO um, or podcasting, frankly. But so, the, the challenge yeah. still remains is that if you, and I'm just going to put it frankly, right? there are customers that are ours at Blueberry that publish at blueberry.com and they have a landing page on blueberry.com. That's a percentage of the customers. There is a larger percentage, much larger percentage that have their own.com that use PowerPress. with right. you guys. There's a percentage right. of shows that publish on Libsyn. They have a Libsyn landing page. That's all they have. And then they, there's a percentage that have their own websites. Right. The problem comes in is when you have both, when you have, when you have, let's, and I won't, we're not going to use Libsyn as an example, but let's say you go over to Podbean and you're publishing on Podbean and you have a site over there. Right. Then you decide to put your own .com up and have that content posted over on your .com. 
then you have a problem because it who's the authority? Who's the publishing authority? Who does Google consider the publishing authority for your well, show? Well, the and, authority is going to be, I would think it's going to be the custom domain, right? Uh, That's what Google is going to, going to prioritize. Right? Well, I'll let you do your own search test. And I know that is not the case. At least. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, you're right from the perspective of domain. If you, um, if you cut dominance, right? if you cut and paste what you have posted on your hosting mm -hmm. providers website into your blog, you have duplicate content now. So the secret right. is whichever site is prominent, mm -hmm. you, but the problem is What's then the you strength of the domain, right? Well, well, also it ties back to where your feed's at. So your right. feed is going to potentially push you into your hosting provider being dominant. And this is, so just let me be, be square. This is not a problem. Just this is, this, this is a podcasters have to make correct decisions for their shows. Right. And oftentimes they don't know, they see what's easy. And mm -hmm. you know, I had someone was using uh, another service. Conctimax said, Hey, we're, I'm trying to use PowerPress with my website. I'm like, well, why? You've already got that service. Just take the embed from your service and put it on your site. You don't need to use PowerPress. He's, well, I want to have my site be the authority. I'm like, well, then you got to change some things. Right. Yeah. And people don't understand the value. Those that do, do. Right. But there's a huge, uh, Rob, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasters that don't understand the value of that. But right. For those that do, they're going to win the Google search engine game. Well, and if you're a podcast hosting platform, you want to provide something for your yeah your, for those that, podcasters for right? those that don't have a website. Right. Absolutely, yeah, right. And that's that's the thing. I mean, I I think um, oftentimes it gets positioned where you know the the podcast hosting platform that provides these pages is somehow a bad thing. It's more to do with you know. Um, the podcaster them something, right? Yeah. I mean, you need to have something out there if you're not willing to build a website. And a right. lot of people just aren't willing to invest the time or willing to invest the, the, the money, frankly, to get their own website built. That that's a well, challenge. And I know that there's companies out there in the podcasting space, you know, like captivate and yourself. I mean, I think, um, the, the blueberry platform is, is certainly trying to work with this as well to offer good podcast websites. Well, and, it's, it's turnkey, yeah. you know, for, a, in a, and here's right. the thing though. So let's just make sure full disclosure here. We right. offer a free WordPress site to every hosting customer. We still have customers that publish just on our blueberry.com publisher and don't use the free WordPress site. So. There is a and is the free WordPress site. Is that always off of a custom domain or can no, that be off of a blueberry domain? It's, it's off a of blueberry domain, off of blueberry.net domain. It is. Okay. But you know, right. I won't talk about this. You can get one, but yeah, you can yeah. You can, you can map a domain to it. To it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I think really the, the thing there is, is we'd kind of said, okay, can we at least get people kind of, started in the right direction because mm -hmm. they're not going to read all the documentation. They never do. So 
can we at least get them started in the right direction so at least there's an easier path to migrate or just mappa.com to the domain? Is, is, is there a better way to do that? Now, again, there's a segment of customers that never use, never, t- but we have thousands of customers that have taken a free WordPress site, but at the same time, there's again, that segment that never will. And there's a, there's varied reasons for that. Maybe it's a company that are on a custom CMS and they, they don't matter of fact, they want their, their blueberry provided website turned off. We turn that off. So it's not even public and they just take the RSS feed in the embed and they use it strictly as a tool. They, cause they they know that the search could be affected. So we just turn off the web piece for them if they so desire that. Um, mm-hmm. and that's be honest with you. I, well, I shouldn't even say it because there's a, you know, every host should have the ability to turn off the provided website. Yeah, that's probably reasonable thinking about it. More. So, yeah. but in, in, you know, so it's, if, if you don't have a, it's not the, the show's always going to be found by Google. You're always going to find the show that's, you know, it doesn't well, matter if, if you're, it's not found off of your domain. It's going to get found off of apple.com or, or yeah, or, or anchor or, or wherever Google you may be. Or, yeah. Yeah. Your show's right. going to be found. That's not what we're talking about here. Again, it goes, and we've talked about on the show enough that people are probably sick of it, but again, it's now you're, you're, you're trying to win the episode discovery. Yeah. I think the power of it is the episode level. Right. Um, is what you're trying to yep, get to. Yeah. So I don't know how we got on this topic, but. Well, it's a, it's an important and relevant topic. Well, it's on the provenance of podcasting. Yeah. Right. It needs to continuously be talked about. So, so it is important. So Tom, I, I hope that your article, I hope I influenced you just a little bit <laughs> over the years of, you know, because I used to be Rob, I used to be vilified. I used yeah. to be vilified and publicly vilified by people for saying, why should I have my feet on my dot com? I used well, to be vilified. You've, you've conditioned everyone <laughs> to expect that out of you, Todd, to be honest you know, about it. For, for 13 or 14 years, I've been vilified, know. you know? I, you I know, mean, there I was could, people that hated me for saying that. <laughs> I, I can actually, you know, I... I sleep at night and occasionally those words come into my head. That's how Im- embedded it is into my head. <laughs> Get yeah. your own domain name. Get your own <laughs> the website. Only way to do it. Yeah. Well, it's and not, the, it's not the I, only I mean, way. I, I'm not opposed to that. I think it's, I mean, uh-huh. I've always had my own, generally had my own website yeah. for my podcast. So and, and again, how can I argue with this. It's not the yeah. only way, but right. I'm just going to tell you. You should really consider it. Right. <laughs> really, Todd. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and there's lots of platforms that now support podcast RSS feeds. You know, for many years, it was PowerPress. That was it. Now you've got at least three other podcasting plugins. You've got at least one other non-native WordPress platform that supports podcast feeds. There's a few that don't, which is okay. And I'm not even going to mention them. <laughs> Do your own research. Um, but yeah, I want you to use PowerPress. I have an agenda. 
but there's lots <laughs> of choices out there. But the agenda's well, proven to be a good agenda. Right, right. <laughs> I remember who was it years ago. Someone was telling me, "Oh, it was uh, oh, it was for blog, it was for Blog World or whatever we called it before. It was the gang that uh, took everybody's the new media expo. Yeah, the the new media expo second owners or what, or maybe it was a second owners first owner, whatever. Um, who was it that was in charge of the content tracks that year? Was it? Dave Jackson? No, was it was it Dave that year? Because did Dave do it one year? I think Dave did the the last year. I think Cliff Ravenscraft did one year too. Right. I think right. so. So it was yeah. one of those two. I told them. <laughs> I said the only advice I'm going to give you is every speaking application you get, there is an agenda behind it. There is. There is some marketing agenda behind it. Not supposed to be. But suddenly, someone has an angle. <laughs> and maybe I'm being wrong here and being unfair, but I said, just remember, everyone has an agenda. Todd, I'm, I'm, I'm the exception to that. I, don't, I never have an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, no. I'm not lying here. I, I generally don't. So it's, it's more to do with um, driving Driving ideas. Oh, Tom is with us. Tom? Yes, he says, I'm still back on the, gee, Tom Webster actually said something I agree with, sound clip. I mean, <laughs> I didn't just fall off the podcast turnip truck here. Did Tom, <laughs> did you hear our little sound clip? Uh, he did. He did? Okay, awesome. <laughs> and just remember, we, clips are made for people that we adore. So right, if, if, right. You, if you are, you know, if, if you're not having a clip played about you, it's because we don't adore you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true. We adore I know, all of our, I know, all of our uh, you know, but I have yes. to make people a little jealous out there. <laughs> right. You know that you had made it if there's a sound clip oh, on the new yeah. show, right? Is, yep. that what, is that what that means? <laughs> right. And uh, Tom didn't need the new media show to make it. He made himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I agree with that uh, point. So I guess Canada is going to come out with uh, some new Edison research. Uh, speaking of uh, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Tom Webster. I, I thought we had another clip too, but I can't remember which one it was, but I think it, Oh, it's I, this, it's this one right here. Yeah, Don't eat me Tom prior. Webster. Don't eat me Tom Webster. <laughs> 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 yeah, so they're going to have the Canadian. Uh... Yeah, that's on May 13th at uh, 2 p.m. I believe that's Eastern time, Toronto time. Um, so if you want to check that out, uh, it's always been interesting, that research up in Canada. Um, there's a lot of heavy consumption going on there, especially on the in the, the coasts area of Canada. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if we've seen a big jump up there. My number one call zones from Canada in the past six months has been, um, Toronto and Ontario. Well, I think the research was showing Toronto and, um, British Columbia are the two biggest consumption areas for podcasting so in Canada. I'm just saying where I've been getting calls from is Toronto yeah. and Ontario. Yeah. Well, Toronto is really kind of a hotbed for podcasting. 
And I know Canada has, or um, British Columbia, it's on the west coast of Canada, is I think the strongest listening market. So, anyway, I guess we'll find out. Yep, we will. And I'd like to see, you know, it's it's always um, interesting to see those those comparisons. Right. You know, between the, the between two countries. Here, you know, in the U.S. and Canada and between U.S. and Australia is always an interesting. W- what is interesting is that um, th- there tends to be, at least my perception anyway, there seems to be a pretty strong alliance or um, similarity between the data that comes out of Canada and the data that comes out of Australia. Well, so. I, all I know is if I had a really strong arm, if I had a, or maybe if I could really whack a golf ball hard enough, I could almost get it into Canada from here. Now I'd, oh. I'd have to be Superman because it's about a hundred miles away, but <laughs> actually not that far, about 70, about 70, 80 miles. Canada. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and well, so, Oh, uh, we should probably mention, What's going on with uh, the social audio platforms? It looks like uh, Clubhouse is going to have uh, an Android app this month. Uh, I think the the date that I've heard thrown around is like uh, the 11th or 12th or something like that is when they're going to not make it public, but but I guess they're they're starting to allow more users of the app. Um, I guess they're still testing it on Android, but that'll be a big big change. Well, I, I, I haven't been on back on clubhouse since our last time we were on clubhouse and had that train wreck. <laughs> I, I haven't been doing a lot with clubhouse, but I, I did do a session yesterday, um, over, over there and I probably do maybe two to three a week right now. How do you, so, how, do you get paid to do this? Yeah. I mean, it, oh, okay. Todd, it's like doing a conference. <laughs> Like I said, it's, I don't know how you get the time. Well, I just, I do it in the evening actually. Cause like most I of said, how going on at the, like, uh, seven o'clock at night. Like I said, how do you, do you, do you, do you leave the house? No, <laughs> I think so. Oh I my God. I just stay right here. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> looking at my monitor. That's all I do. I, I, I just, that's it. Oh, it, okay. And then. Twitter spaces is kind of blowing up too on yeah, iOS they're, op- and they're opening it up, but I've yet to yeah. been in a Twitter spaces. They had more than 20 people in it. I see Scoble. That's a name that there's a name from the past. Scoble has been doing stuff. He pops up my feed once in a while and I go in there and it's, and he hasn't changed a bit. So. Well, why, why should he? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've known Robert for a long time. He used to work for Microsoft and been a podcaster off and on over the years. But, I don't um, even know what he's doing these days, to be honest with you. He's no. he's still working in the augmented uh, AR um, type of space, so he's he's still pushing that agenda, which is you know augmented reality, virtual reality stuff has been so slow to get mass adoption. It's been like there's been hype around that stuff for a long time, um, hasn't really reached scale yet so maybe it's coming i don't know are people going to get involved in virtual reality ar i don't know Aug- augmented reality i don't know it's expensive well and i think it 
I think we're starting to see the beginnings of it because I, I believe that we're going to see um, glasses come from Apple eventually that, that will layer in digital information on, over the top of a subscription lens. And I know uh, Amazon has that now with the, with the smart speaker platform. So you can, you can make voice requests of things and have your glasses do it for you in your ear. So you can listen to podcasts through your eyeglasses on Amazon's platform. Mm-hmm. So I don't hear a lot of people in the podcasting space talking about that yet. No, but I'm uh, amazed at the amount of news that is really okay. coming out on a daily basis of entities that I've never heard of before. Well, James Cridlin has really kind of unlocked the glo- the, the globe. Yeah. You know, he's, this is something that I think a lot of new people don't really realize is how James has really transformed the, the visibility of podcasting on a global scale. Although um, I don't, you know, I don't know. He, he reaches a great percentage of the active podcast space. So I would say every podcast company that's in existence pretty much reads this newsletter. Someone, you know, I take two or three pieces out of this thing every week and put, drop them in our Slack channel right. as a, Oh, by the way, uh, check this out because you know, he's doing stuff right. that I'd have to search 25 different blogs on to, to find. So, right. um, it, it is an interesting viewpoint that he's, you know, creating the curating he's doing is, is, is really, really well. He's basically found all the RSS feeds to subscribe to, I think to be able to get this, all this data dug out. Maybe people submit stuff to him as well, but you know, it's just like we would have does a lot of deep research into things too, from a technical perspective. I've been, I've been impressed how technically savvy he, he is, um, over the last couple of years. But, He's really gotten gotten in the weeds. A lot of people are freaked out over the purchase of Audacity, which made the news. I would have never have heard that otherwise. I may have picked up on my tech channels, but it's been acquired by a new company. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see. I mean, it, it looks like they're going to remove uh, re- remain open source, but um, I think they'll they'll probably wind up charging for it. Be my guess. Well, that would be a big change. You know, because it's it's been published all these years on the uh, uh, as a GPL open source project. So, right, I don't know what the rules are to move that from a open source to to paid, or maybe they'll do premium stuff or freemium. You know, right? Don't we have a James Cridlin soundbite too? Oh well, I guess we do. I could probably grab one here. I grab a new, let me grab a new one. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got the same. Here we go. This is all wrong. James Cridland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a better one. Here's a better one. How dare you? James Cridland. <laughs> <laughs> some some reason our 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 contributor is focused on Cridland because I got one more. You have stolen my dreams. James Cridland. <laughs> Wow. We have one here that I can't play because I think we get popped for copyright violation. 
Oh, does it have some music in yeah, it? Yeah, it's got some music background, so I'm hesitant to pay that. Uh, especially when we're live on YouTube and other platforms, it will will pull us off the air. Take us down, James Cridlin. <laughs> so. And I guess uh, Ricky Gervais is getting back into the podcasting biz. Did he ever leave? I, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I, he, he certainly hasn't been making any waves over the last couple of years. Uh, he's got a new podcast called Absolutely Mental with a neuroscientist and philosopher, Sam Harris, which I, he's kind of a, I've heard of that name before, Sam Harris. I'm not sure he's been around for a while, unless it's a different Sam Harris, I guess it's available May 10th. So it's still hasn't been released yet. Is it going to be, it's going to be premium or free? It does look like it's a, it will be paid for at 1499 for the season. Oh, says, um, no word yet, whether he's using Apple or Spotify subscriptions, though. It sounds like he's, you know, doing like what we were just talking about is creating his own, his own subscription process somehow with someone. So has anybody played with this, uh, new service called clean voice that removes all your us in your recording? Oh, I heard about that. It was like $3. And it, and they'll go through and scrub your ums and ahs out of your audio. Right. Yeah. So I don't think I'm I curious can, to hear what that sounds like. If they've done a good job of they, buffering, they got the, a sample, the they got a sample on their website. Um, can you play a sample? I don't know if we'll be able to hear it here. Let's see here. Oh, it's not perfect. Did you hear it? I barely, but yeah, it, it, you know, the dangers of this really is having enough, uh, space buffer between the, the, uh, the words on either side of the ums and the ahs. So if you cut it too tight, then it sounds unnatural in, in the sample where he goes, uh, you can hear part of the, uh, start and then they cut the rest of it out. So you guys hear this, Todd? No, you can't. No. Okay. You have to go over to cleanvoice.ai for those of you that want to, and you can probably, um, well, you have to sign up. There is no free, free trial. I could probably do it through my, my iPhone. Let's see here. See if you can find it and. Say here, cleanvoice.ai is the website. Cleanvoice.ai. I think leaving the uhs and ums, it's fine. Unless you say 800 of them in a show. Clean, okay, cleanvoice.ai. AI. There's other clean voice companies out there. Well, you don't Google it. Just type it in. I did. Cleanvoice.ai. 
let me plug my phone in. I might get to it faster. Hang on. Well, there's there's definitely uh, other services out there. All right, I found it. I've, I've, I should be able to play it here. Let's see if this works. Demo of our um, clean voice technology. Okay, let me do that again. This is um, a demo of our um, clean voice technology. That's before, and this is after. This is a demo of our clean voice technology. So let's do the before again. Let's listen to that. This is um, a demo of our um, clean voice technology. So it's got like two and a half ums in there. Right. And here's the after. This is a demo of our clean voice technology. So it still had... It actually left some of that um. Yeah, it did. It didn't get all of it. Play 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 the after again. This is a demo of our clean voice technology. So it pulled out completely the the, the first the, one. Um, it, or it, the first one or the second one? Do you think? Okay. This is um, a demo of our um, clean voice technology. Okay, demo. After. Okay, so let's go again and listen to the after. This is a demo of our clean voice technology. So, so it pulled out the first one. It pulled out the first. Uh, but it it, but it it got part of it. Got most of it. There's only a little bit left, and, and that's probably what you want, Todd. Actually, <clears throat> I don't think you want a hard cut on that. I think you just want to minimize it. Would be the ideal, because then it sounds more natural. But. They're going to, of course, here I'm saying, but. I mean, it definitely sounded better, I thought. Their roadmap <coughs> is fix, rephrase mid-sentence speech, such as, I think, I believe. <coughs> and then they're doing beta. Too. Yeah, stuttering. And then multilingual filter sounds, such as ah, uh, um, in any language. So. And then rephrase, fix rephrased mid-sentence speech, such as, I think, I believe. Right. Okay. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. So it says $3 for using clean voice with one of your files, $10 for five files, $15 for 10 files. So for us, for every show, that's four episodes a month, five bucks or 10 bucks a month just to take off the ums. Now, I know there's a lot of people that do a lot of editing. Well, this is probably just the beginning, right? I, of but, course. But what other editing could they do in here? Well, you see their roadmap. I know. Besides what they have in their roadmap, is there anything else that's missing? Well, what I would do is... For cleaning, for using clean, clean voice with one of your files, I would put 10 together <laughs> and upload all 10 for three bucks, you know, make them one continuous wave file, 10 hours of content. <laughs> I know, is this a standalone? Product, yeah, yeah, product, it is. Do you think it really needs to be just a feature of a, of if a hosting you, platform? If you use a good editing tool, Right. You you it can easily 
could be a good editing tool. You feature. can easily see, and once you've edited a program a couple of times, like an Audacity or or, a, or even or a, Addition, or, you or know, Addition or yeah. a uh, SoundForge, or you can see the uhs and ums easily in the waveform. You just recognize them, right. and it's real easy to go through and pop, 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 and get rid of them. You know. So this is a business development opportunity for those editor editor programs or platforms that um, allow you to record podcasts. In in all honesty, you know, I'll be honest, Audition has so much power that I don't even, I don't even, t I could use Audacity as the way I edit. The Audition has so much power, I would not be surprised if this is not built in already into something like Audition or Himalaya. Uh, again, I'm I don't not, think it is yet. I, I'm I think, not an editor, so I think this is a play to get acquired, right? So this is a startup to get acquired by one of these editing suites. So any of you that do a lot of editing, does your editing software automate this at all or let you copy a waveform and find more waveforms to delete in mass? I thought, I thought, uh, the script did that mm, but they do descript is different type of editing it's it's visual you actually see the words it's text to yeah text but but i thought that there's some process that they're they're working on that does maybe similar things to this so yeah. i know a lot of people like editing in descript so well this could save Somebody's a lot some, of time. Some podcasters a lot of time, depending on how, how bad concerned that they are about these these type of audio pieces. We say stuff in this show is probably annoying to people. We, you know, we have the phrase that pays. You know, the phrase that pays in pain. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe the next feature, Todd, is to is to eliminate cliches or uh, or memes, meme but, deletion. Yeah, potentially. Because on my own show, on my other show, I get I get feedback all the time. Quit saying that. Oh, I know what they could have in here. It's the it's the elimination of those uh th those nine words, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert Crandall says in the chat room, he says Isotope RX seven. You know, I've got a license to Isotope. You know, it's one of those purchases that you make. It's expensive. I, I don't know how much I spent for Isotope, and I'm sure I've got Isotope RX six or five or something. If I remember, it's like three hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And I read about some fancy feature. Uh, Paul Figiani was talking about this. He said you got to have this software. I went and bought it. I used it once, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never used it again. It was you know it was one of those software purchases that you're thinking about. Two weeks later, when the credit card bill comes, you're like, crap, why did I buy that? But if Isotope RX-7 removes the ums, well, you just have to, it wouldn't take too long and too many edits of a podcast episode to pay for, and that's a powerful tool. That's like for, that's for like the, the super editor. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up, Robert, and sharing. I guess uh, in in Britain, I guess some research come out from Ofcom. I 
uh, stating that 25% of UK adults listen to a podcast weekly. Well, we jumped the shark. How does that map to weekly listening in the U.S.? I'm trying to remember. I don't have Tom's <laughs> report loaded here. I should have that thing bookmarked because I was saying something to my marketing team this morning about something. I said, you have to go look at Tom's report to get that percentage. It's in there. <laughs> so I have it in my download folder somewhere. Probably not in this computer. Yeah, I just don't. I don't remember. I thought it was less than 25, uh, but, it, I think but it, it could be more. I think it's more, but some reason, 27% comes to mind. I don't know why Tom, I don't know if he's still here. <laughs> he's probably got all those stats memorized. Yeah. Well, anyway, Rob, we're, I think we're running out of juice here today. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think we're digging here. So I don't want to have us dig too deep. And, uh, and drive people out, but right. I think we're, I think we're close here, but I think yeah. that the space is, uh, you know, it's healthy, doing well, growing. There are now 2.7 million podcasts in the podcast index. I think there's more than that. 3.7 million. And I, I talked to with, them with 319,000 shows having posted once in the last 30 days. What is their website? Podcast what? Podcastindex.org. Um, oh, because I just went to podcastindex.com. They said you can buy now for $3,395. Wow. That's a good deal. <laughs> so he has an index up there of how many podcasts he's he got. He said 3.7 million. And 3.729018. So I got to go now. See, now you're forcing me to go to the, their Mastodon chat room. Uh, it's on the other computer. Probably can't get in here very easy. It says shows published in the last three days, 107,000 shows. Shows published a new episode in the last 10 days, 242,000. I was asking within that group, okay, how, where are these, where are these shows? Where, where, where's the breakdown? And they didn't give me a complete answer. They, they listed the top 10. And of course, Anchor's got like 1.3 million feeds or something like that. And then it listed by number of feeds by service. And it just, you know, I had to go back and say, by the way, you're not, the blueberry number is wrong because of this, this, and this. And they went back and did some more research and they got her number pretty close to where it should have been. And, uh, but they haven't published a comprehensive list of the breakdown of where these come from, but definitely Anchor had 1.3 million, if you think about. So that means that at least is a million dead ones or more. Well, considering, okay, considering that in the last 60 days, 619,000 of those listings have updated, we can be pretty sure that at least a million of those did not come from Anchor. <laughs> right. Um, because they're dead. But 
The three-day total, like you said, 107,000. 10-day total, 242,000. 30-day total, 435,000. 60-day total, 619,000. Produced at least one episode. So I was trying to get them to publish their, you know, where the source. Because I'm like, where are you finding all these? Because Apple doesn't have 3.7 million listings in their directory. Where are these coming from? Yeah, and are these duplicates? I don't think they're duplicates. I think they are potentially. No, no, we're going to have to. Shows that just haven't submitted to Apple. Maybe. That could be what it is. Or they did test, test, test and never went further. I mean, if, if you look at the the number of you know, of the shows that has published one, even one episode in the last 60 days, it's only 619,000. Right. And that's actually, I'm, I'm surprised about that number being that high. I mean, which means that 3.1 million million have not, not published a new episode in more than 60 days. Right. Right. So that means there's 3 million Potentially, I don't consider a show dead until they haven't published in 90 days or there are series that have stopped or whatever it may be. But well, if you look at the progression of the numbers, it's basically the numbers are doubling or right. actually um, a little more well, than doubling or well, yeah, less like than doubling 100,000, 200,000, 400,000, 600,000. So you would think that the next level at 90 days would be 800 and something. You would think, yeah. But that may not be the case. No, but and I, today's the word is but. My day is butt day. I keep saying but. Three three day average is a hundred. It's hump day, not butt day. Yeah. So you know the ten day average is the one that's kind of interesting to me. Is two hundred forty two thousand. Yeah, because that takes you out beyond the 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 just barely beyond the one week publishing mm -hmm. schedule. If they really I mean, want from a podcaster perspective, that that really shows you that your competition is not really as big as you thought it huge. was. Right. And right. if you break that down by category, you right. take the twenty some categories that Apple has, then there's really, you know, in a ten day average, there's probably I've said this before, there's about twenty thousand shows you're competing with. Right. Yeah. So that's not that it's not that big of a number considering YouTube channels and blogs and everything else. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's an interesting number, um, to think about. Yeah. Which means that it's, it's not too late to get into podcasting. No. Now, what I want to see is as people start going, it's starting about June or July. I keep hearing lots of rumblings from people saying my office is calling me back May 1st, June 1st, July 1st, August 1st, before being required to come back to the office. I want to see if this publishing schedule, we'll have to keep an eye on this, Rob. So this is May 5th. Why don't we take a screenshot of that? In fact, I'll grab one right now. Mm -hmm. And then when we do a show a month from now, we can go back and we can look at these, these date averages and if we start to see these day averages drop, if we see these day averages drop after, um, 
as a year progresses, we're going to know that people going back to work and getting their life back and being going to soccer games and doing summer vacations and going on right. trips. Right. I'm going to name this file PII index May 2021. See if I can remember that later and find this file. I don't know, Todd, what's your thought? Is this, are these numbers a reflection of a healthy medium or is it a reflection of a medium that's um, struggling a little bit? I think it's an indication that podcasting is not easy to grow an audience and potentially. Mm-hmm potentially, and I have other incidental evidence of this, is that my ongoing statement that 50% of shows don't get to episode seven, the remaining 50%, only half of them will get to episode 20 or 22, 23, and the rest will make it for a couple of years, holds pretty close. Yeah, because so if you're a, looking at a 60-day window on a weekly show, mm-hmm. that's, what, 12 episodes? That's right. So, yeah. So I, I think what you're, what we, I think it's just still tough to create content. And those that do on a consistent basis, staying consistent in publishing and doing the, you know, the small things to get their show seen will have success, but it's, you just got to keep grinding. Yeah. I think it's getting really targeted and precise with your content and who your audience is and really getting clear on what you're trying to accomplish with your show. And when I, when I talk to people though, and ask them what podcast are you listening to? And they tell me, and I say, how did you find your podcast? And they tell me there is some influence that's going on by Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, Apple, who they're promoting. There is right. some influence happening there. Oh, sure. And, be, and big shows get bigger for a reason because they just have bigger reach. And they get more exposure and they have more money to do marketing and, you know, all the things. It's like the rich get richer, right? The bigger shows get yeah. bigger. So they have more resources that they can put against the key is the key is, is to grind, to get to that point where you have those additional resources to continue to, if you know, Rob, if you and I had a PR firm, I get emails all the time, submissions to one of the websites that I run for submitting, you know, news articles about podcasting and it's PR agencies, professional that very, very, very expensive PR agencies that I've dealt with over the years for like consumer electronics show or whatever, that they're being paid by the podcaster to publicize, to be a publicist Mm -hmm. for their shows. Right. Sometimes I get called. It's true. So not very many of us are picking up the phone and calling a podcast newsletter publisher or podcast news website publisher. 
and publishing episodes. And, and again, full dis- full disclosure here, podcasternews.com, which we don't try to be an authoritative. We just report stuff we think is cool. Is is running and and basically, I've got independent writers that write for that. And and it's not as timely as Cridlin's site. Cridlin's coming up stuff, but we you know we have detail about stuff that's been going on in the space. And we mm-hmm. probably publish twenty articles a month, but it's because of budget, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. Takes, and it's and it takes it's, effort, labor, time, right? And it's, focus, right? Yeah. I think it's like any other, any other medium. If you think about television or movies or music, uh, I guess podcasting really isn't any, any different. The, you know, what's, what's the percentage. So if you look at, um, the 242,000, what's the percentage of that going into 37, 3.7 million? Is it like 5%? I, not on the page right now. You'll have to do that high school math. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me either. But so you know, let's see here. The, so of the three point seven twenty rule applies here, right? Right, right to right. some degree. Right. The question remains that I still am not clear. Is okay. Where are these one million shows? Because Google has said. This this number kind of corresponds to what Google has said. Where do these where are these shows you know where are they and why are they not? Because I the question I was you know the thing I was proposing to the the podcast index folks is how many of those three point seven million listings have more than ten episodes? Where does and then you know let's let's you know we got a gross number but let's let's narrow the playing field a little bit here. Right. And say, okay, let's set the barrier level. Right. Just, just some quick math that I did. I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's only the 242,000 within 10 days is only 15%. Yeah. So that means that what 85%, you know, it's the, it's the 80, 20 rule applies. I think if you went out to, 30 days, I think you, you probably get up to that 80, 20. The rule. spammers have also figured out that free hosting platforms are a great place to launch a show and then republish blog posts as podcasts on their platform. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this by the thousands. <laughs> right. And it does raise the question, why, you know, is Apple, Apple's, Showing what a little over two million. So maybe by those shows that are by the thousands that are just bots creating absolutely worthless content. Maybe that's not. Maybe the Apple those aren't even they're they're not even getting added to the right right. And maybe the catalog has said, oh, we throw those away. Maybe there is some semblance. Apple Apple is throwing out. thousands of shows a week well the question is did they ever make it 
to the listing to begin with. Is that well, the, that's the other part, right? Right. right. But a million, a, a million rejections would be a lot. That's, I that's mean, a number I don't even want to comprehend having to curate. Well, I mean, you're looking at at least 1 million plus yeah. difference between those two directories. Yeah. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. So I contend, you know, again, where, where is that content? Where are those feeds coming from? And I know at least 1.3 million of them, again, are coming from Anchor. And how many of those free shows that are on Anchor are bots? We used to get them before at Podcaster News. I used to submit shows that would be, um, when we had Podcaster News as a portal, people could right. submit their shows to be listed there. And right. it was, I, I would turn down 20, and this was 2005. I was turning down, you know, 20 bots a day, rejecting right. them from approval because they were trying to get blog posts right. as podcast. Right. So where, think about the advancements in 15 years. Well, and also think about Todd, and this, this applies to your platform is that there's a, there's still a big chunk of, um, self hosts, self hosting podcasts. Oh, huge, out there. huge number. Yeah. Right. That, that are not using blueberry nope. to host nope. or Lipson nope. or any of these nope. They're they're maybe running your PowerPress plugin, yep. but they're, but they're just hosting their MP3s off of their own website. There's more than 50,000 shows that I know that, are, and we're, we're not the only plugin. So we know right. of at least 50,000 shows that are not using right. anybody. Right. Yeah. And, but 50,000 is a far stretch from a million. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I mean, but my active, I, my active, PowerPress users are close to hundred K. Yeah. But there's I, a lot of, a lot of ones that haven't, they, they quit and haven't updated their website in two years too, that are inactive. So maybe the number's much bigger than that. Yeah. I don't know if, if I don't think James has shared, um, or any of these platforms has shared how many, maybe Todd, you, you know, this, uh, based on Blueberry's directory, how many, what percentage of the total podcast space is shows that are, that are hosted off of their own domain names just as a, as a baseline, right? It's really it hard because then you got to right. build a master list and you know, you guys have two or three media URLs you serve from and so does everyone else. Right. So the first thing you have to do is build a master list of all the media URLs I'm not going to yeah, do that. I think that. it's a media URL question, right? Because right, right. there's standard methodologies that each of the podcast hosts use to to create the media file links, and that would be the pre, the the dominant way I think of determining this. But yeah, people that are on Libsyn Pro, yeah, people that are on regular standard Libsyn, yeah, people that are on Acast that have five different media links depending on what level of service they have, megaphone. So there, yeah, could, and some of them use C name. C names, uh, redirects on their feed URLs yep. too. So we've got a ton, ton of those. That's, that's going to hide that factor hide it. too. Yep. Right. And some of those C names are done on purpose to hide. They hide who they host with on purpose. Right. 
It's kind of weird, but they do. Right. They don't want people to know they're hosting with Libsyn or Blueberry or Megaphone or whoever. So they use, you know, they arrange a C name. Yeah. yeah. If you're sleuthing, you might be able to figure it out sometimes, but. I think it's the, it's the, the path, the path would be the way to, to figure that out. Cause each of the hosting platforms has a certain path structure to the, to the media files. Shh. I know. Right. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> so well, Todd, we should probably wrap it up. Wow. What do you think? You're letting all the gooses out today. So I know we are. <laughs> We're sharing all of the, the secrets and, and feed burner links have Google URLs. Mike Dell says, <laughs> right. Well, feed burners now, you know, somewhat back in the game, right? So don't tell anybody that. That's actually a word that should be banished from this show. <laughs> Burn that feed burner. Oh right. my God. I, if they, if I would have done backflips if they'd have killed that thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. You would have been happy, huh? Yes. Very happy. All right. Well, we did get to the end, right? Rob Druggis. <laughs> Druggis to Kicking the and screaming all the way to the end. Yeah. And now let's yeah. see here. Can I find our outro? Our, our, our exit? Can yeah. I don't know play, if I found play, it play yet. Uh, so, oh, I found it. All right. We're ready to go. So everyone, <laughs> I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news is my Twitter address. So, Definitely send us an email if you've got a comment or secret that you want to tell us. <laughs> and nope. uh, might want to send it to Rob's email because it's not an official. It's, it's, it's Rob. Of course, you can send it to geeknews at gmail.com too. But right. Rob, yeah. uh, what's your credentials there? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. And I'm also on Clubhouse at Rob Greenlee and um, doing regular stuff over there. And have my own website, robgreenlee.com, as well as you can send me an email if you want. If you want to send it to robg at lipson.com. And uh, if, if you have any little little clips you want to make for us or <laughs> cover art or anything fun that we can do with our our show here and you feel inspired, please, please send through. We're using Thanks. these clips just to have a little fun, you know, yeah. and right. promise not to tr overdo it, although I might have done it today. but. Anyway, we'll leave everyone with this. Thanks for being here. To everyone, take care. We'll see you next time on the new media show. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.